0: hello welcome to the 12th house
1: welcome so we're talking about spiritual operating systems in the north node this quarter which is just so fun and in particular we were thinking about when you have sort of a spiritual existential breakdown or like your growth spurt spiritual spiritual growth spurt yes that was janelle's coinage i love it yeah your spiritual growth spurt where you feel like am i dying or am i living you know like this is good but also horrible and like how am i going to survive this and kind of like what's in your toolkit or your survival guide or if you see someone else going through that because i think it's when you spot it in someone else you're like oh sweet baby I've been there too. I feel you. (laughs) It, It will get better. What was in your, what is in your survival kit that maybe you don't use as much today now that you're in a different place, but that was integral to your growth spurt and like getting you through those pain points and that moment of what the fuck is going on that helped you. So we wanted to pull each of our spiritual growth spurt moments and what was on our survival, what's in our survival kits from those times.
2: I'll jump in. I'm excited to share this. This is fun. (laughs) Because the first thing that comes to mind when I think about spiritual growth spurts uh, is my, I think the beginning of like the dark night of the soul for me. I studied abroad. I went to Ghana. I ran away mostly because I found myself really attracted to women and everything that I had learned growing up in religion told me that was taboo, that was wrong. And none of that resonated with me. So I was like, I got to I just got to go somewhere and I don't want to go. I've got to go to Africa. It's got to be Africa, obviously, because I got to go visit where I came from and where my ancestors are from and going back to the motherland, this whole idea. It was not quite the experience that I had expected, but it was an incredible experience. And I came back and literally went through the darkest, deepest depression of my life.
1: When you came back to New York after being in Ghana.
2: Yeah, I actually came back to california because it was during a summer break um mm-hmm. and it was like i mean something it was like something just totally shifted uh, probably like a day or two after i got back i slept off my jet lag and i just couldn't i couldn't get out of bed um i couldn't get myself to like really feed myself or do anything i was irritable i was living or staying with my dad at the time so, you know, anything that he had to say to me, I was just like, it was just awful. And then my birthday was coming up and I remember almost consciously choosing to to have a bad birthday, like not wanting to do oh, things, but like those. not telling anybody or talking <laughs> to anybody. Yeah. Um, I've, I've since grown out of it. Thank God. I've, I've had, I've learned a few lessons, but I've had many of
1: those. This is the Virgo coming out in Janelle <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> <laughs> here, here. It's it's a common
0: birthday
1: Thing, though i feel like
0: we're there that's a whole other topic but go ahead i yeah. mean
1: cancel birthdays unpopular unpopular <laughs> opinion but cancel birthdays
0: but also don't because i do want a cake
1: okay i love ice cream cake i love a good ice cream cake. or normalized <laughs> cake you know oh, normalized cake not else. just
2: for celebration <laughs> <laughs> Cake <laughs> is a food group. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, there we go. We solved it. We did it. There you go. <laughs> if only I had known that <laughs> during my 20s, <laughs> it would have saved me a lot of uh, pain and heartache. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, long story short, my dad actually was fed up with my attitude. Uh, he was very clear. He was like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. And also in a patient and kind and graceful way. But he gave me a book. This is my first, the first recommendation that I have. This person is a little controversial, but hear me out. It's called Notes from a Friend by Tony Robbins. But his name on the book is actually when he was still going under Anthony Robbins. So it's like, you know, before I feel like he was very problematic. Um, it was one of his, I think it was his first book actually that he ever published. Um, I remember reading it. It's a very short, quick read. My dad gave it to me. He's like, you could read it in a day, like just take the day and read it. I was, it was summer break. I wasn't doing anything. And, um, I set I went in the bathroom. The bathroom was my favorite place in the house. Um, I sat on the bathroom floor. I had this like little window where I could look up and see the sky, but not very much more. It was an apartment. And um, I read the book in one sitting. I just sat on the bathroom floor and read it. It took me like an hour, an hour and a half. And at some point during reading that book, literally, it was almost like I could see and feel a light bulb go off in my brain. And I looked up out of that window in the sky and it was almost like I could see the curvature of the, of the earth, of like the atmosphere, the, yeah, of the earth, you know, I could see like how it was curving. Like everything was in, at the time I would call it 4D, you know, with like all of Mm -hmm. that. um, I feel like esoteric language was really popular. And it became very apparent to me, like who I was and what I was capable of. And also that I was really in control of my experience, um, in terms of Mm. how I feel and, um, and things really shifted after that. And I think I bought like five, like, of copies of the book after that and like handed it out to other friends who I knew were going through things.
1: I've never read that book. And I feel like Tony Robbins books are like life-changing to people. There's his money book that everyone also recommends. My, my uh, yeah. brother
0: read one of his books that, for him, was absolutely life changing as well. I feel like people have mostly said that about his books.
2: I mean, he has a way. His he's a really great storyteller. Um, and mm-hmm. this book in particular is about his how he became who he is today. His story um in childhood. If you know, I'm sure anybody who knows anything about Tony Robbins has probably heard him talk about how he grew up very um in poverty, um and. A a lot of the things that happened to him seem to have happened through coincidence, but he was able to recognize at a really young age that he had an active role in what was coming um, to him. So it is a very a very good read yeah so highly would recommend but that kind of catapulted me into a whole journey of my spiritual awakening or like my conscious or spiritual journey and when i went back to school uh, i somehow came upon two other books that became pillars for me during that time uh one is one day my soul just opened up by yama van zandt it's actually a workbook Mm -hmm. it's a 40 like a 41 day workbook um and with like yeah meditation prompts and um you journal every day uh and have like a homework assignment at night as well, and I love a homework assignment. I'm again, this is
1: this is a Virgo coming out. I love a good homework assignment. I, give me a workbook, I can doodle in. Like, yeah, you're you're good with a plan. It's also your generator because you're like, just give me the to do list and I will do it, you know? Do it.
2: Yep. Checking it off. Um, It's great. It's like, it's a high. Um, But that (laughs) really, one day my soul did just open up reading that book, but I would highly recommend that as well. And then the last one that I would say was The Spontaneous Fulfillment of Desire, uh, Harnessing the Infinite Power of Coincidence by Deepak Chopra. Mm. A may a banger, truly a banger. Like I, like I would put that on par with. You know, eventually, I read like The Power of Now, which is classic. Everybody talks about that, and um, like The Alchemist. That book I've read probably about three times the, the um, spontaneous form of desire. Um, It's just, it's a, it's a book basically that talks about coincidences and and synchronicity um, and how you can recognize coincidences more often in your life. And it also gives you an assignment to do like a 30 day affirmation challenge, which truly changed my life. And it was so funny because I had to kind of cut stuff out of my comfort zone. I was living in a dorm with a roommate um, at NYU at the time and I had to write, I love myself unconditionally as I am right now on a post-it note and put it on my mirror every day for 30 days. And it was truly life-changing and transformative. And so those are my book recs. Yeah, the tools situation has, was difficult for me. I, I I couldn't figure out a tool that seemed like more interesting because maybe I didn't do anything that was really interesting. The things that honestly worked for me were, you know, journaling and meditating and being in nature, you know, hiking became a really important part of my life or just taking walks those are really important tools and then yeah and affirming myself i think being able to do those types of challenges you know people say it takes 21 days to build a habit or create a habit which i think was part of the foundation of why that deepak chopra's book had you do that for 30 days to kind of extend the the habit but i think those types of challenges are really unique and fun and also uh, revealing so yeah, those would be the tools that I would recommend. Oh God, I love I honestly could talk about these things all day. I'm like, well, we could have talked about this for an hour.
1: <laughs> and we Janelle? just might. Yeah. I also find this stuff so interesting. And it also like triggers things for me of like, yeah, living in New York and just going on a walk in New York by yourself without like even just with music in and like clearing your own energy in that way, like resetting your nervous system, especially if you're living with other people, like that's something that we don't really do in LA at all (laughs) in the same way. You know, it's more like, I'm going to, I'm going to consciously go on a walk. Whereas in New York, I don't know about you guys because you both have lived there, but my experience was, I'm just going to go and see what happens. And like, I'm going to see what coincidences happen and what magic happens or maybe nothing. I'm going to just think and, um, not like for any specific purpose, just to like go and experience and, those are like, it sounds so boring and mundane, but like some of the most spiritually intense moments of my life, I feel like.
2: Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I often miss New York, because there there's so much to see. It feels like there is so much going on. Everything's so spaced out here in LA. It's like if I want to go take a walk, at some point I'm gonna end up in the desert. I mean, I am in the desert already, right. you know. Yeah. So Or on like, the freeway.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. We're like, oh shit. Exactly. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't want that. That does not sound like a good time yeah. to me, you know? I'm not connecting with spirit during that time. So yeah. I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think it was much easier to do that um in New York, just because yeah, you could walk out your front door and and there's just so there's just so much going on. Everything's kind of on top of you. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting. We don't do that here as often. You have to go out of your way. That's why hiking right. here, I feel like, is such a big um, activity because it is a way to mm-hmm. be in nature. It is a way to kind of see, you know, beautiful things, but not a lot of people have hikes right in their backyards. So, um, no. yeah.
0: So true.
1: No, and you have like in-between time in New York too, It's about at least like I did, I lived in, in Brooklyn, pretty far away from like where I worked and my, my multiple jobs. So I would like go to a gig from nine to 11 and then I'd have some, my next thing at one and it'd be like, well, okay, I'm not going to go home because I don't really have enough time. So I guess I'll walk to my next thing or, you know, go park at a coffee shop or go find something interesting to do for a little bit and then land at my next job. And there's something about those like interstitial moments that, mm-hmm like you don't have to consciously create time or space for yourself. It just kind of like gets created. And maybe that's just part of like a function of being in your twenties too. your early Mm twenties. Facts.
2: (laughs) Actually, now that you say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Cause I consider a lot more in my thirties when I'm like, let's, you know, something else has happened. You know, I have a one o'clock appointment. Okay. Well, I'm a little tired. Like I'd like to take a nap, Um, (laughs) but also, you know, yeah, there's a lot more consideration for sure.
0: What do you think about synchronicities based on the Anthony Robbins and the Deepak Chopra book? Has your perspective changed on them now versus when you first read those books?
2: That's a really great question. In a sense, yes. And in a sense, no. So I think think what those books taught me and also what my experiences have taught me is that nothing is just like accidental. Everything happens for a reason. However, that doesn't mean that there's meaning in everything. Um, And I think before where I would put meaning in every, or try and seek meaning in every coincidence or moment or synchronicity that I would experience, which could be, would be very exhausting. Now I allow more for the unfolding of it without trying to categorize it or judge it, or again, seek that meaning. And I also recognize that sometimes things happen because they happen and it is a synchronicity and it is lovely and it is meant to be, but That's just. I think sometimes that's just it. It's just a moment of life and an experience and something to be present in. And then it's the next thing. And so I think that that's the shift for me. Is that yeah? It doesn't feel they don't all the coincidences don't feel as precious, or not as precious. But yeah, I don't seek meaning in all of it.
0: Yeah, sometimes it ain't that deep, really just hits home.
2: (laughs) It ain't that deep. Tattoo it.
0: One of my dad's mantras that my mom makes fun of him for endlessly is essentially, it ain't that deep. He's like, I wouldn't take it personally if I was you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's such good dad advice. That's such such a dad. It is.
0: And he's like, people are obsessed with themselves. They're not really thinking about you that much. And that's always his refrain. He's like, we're all just into our own shit. But then my mom is having all of these issues in friendships or relationships. He's like, I don't think, it's that personal and she's always like you're not hearing me <laughs> <laughs> he's like
1: i'm not taking it personally yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's her thing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but i do feel like
0: that's a really intense spiritual lesson in itself is like it
1: just how much is not personal Oh, mm-hmm.
2: ooh. Ooh, yeah. especially in relationships
1: ooh. yeah and there's also a fine line between like well that's not my stuff versus like well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're it a little Very personal
2: true.
1: Very <laughs> yeah, yeah. <true>. Yeah. <laughs> fair fair <laughs> fair there's room for both but yes and <laughs> yeah like you know that's like <laughs> nuance it's so boring and annoying of like well yeah okay is this is this part of me but like i loved what you said janelle about synchronicity sometimes it it does have meaning and other times it just is like yeah it comes from something, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's like some huge spiritual lesson in you getting parking tickets. Like there might be, but also like there might not be. (laughs) Maybe the spiritual lesson is like, you just need to like read signs and signs are confusing in LA, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Be present.
2: Be, just focus really, really hard. Anytime you park, just focus.
1: <laughs> and I think that's so common when you're like in a dark night of the soul or you're feeling like adrift spiritually where you're trying to ascribe meaning to everything because you're just looking to like find solid ground, right? You're just trying to make meaning of the world. You're finding your meaning making systems. And so everything turns into a sign like, oh, they got my coffee order wrong. That must mean that I'm not supposed to drink coffee anymore because the universe is trying to tell me that I should be drinking decaf. And it's like, they just, yeah, they, they've just been doing this since 5am. Like it doesn't, again, it's not that deep or maybe it is, who knows, you know? Yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. I think it's so funny. It makes me think about, uh, God, I love what we do. Uh, really, truly, actually, it makes me think about um, the archetype success path uh, mm-hmm. and the, moving from the seeker to the detective and that, that kind of being part of the journey, right? Like I think yeah. anybody that I've spoken to who has been on at the beginning, specifically at, of, of their conscious spiritual journey, um, is doing that, is trying to seek meaning or is seeking meaning in every single thing. And like you said, Michelle, it is almost, you know, that, oh my God, you poor baby. Like, it's going to be great. You're going to get <laughs> through it. It's going to be fine because that's exhausting.
1: It's, it's, it's exhausting overwhelming. To every- yes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs>
2: So yeah, absolutely insane that yes, yeah, so that's a part of the experience uh, is collecting all that information and then along the way At some point you do kind of figure out because I think really you just get exhausted um, that it's not all, you don't have to read into everything. It's not all meant to be perceived, but yeah, it it is really cool because we do that. That's what we do. Um, We facilitate that journey in our community. And so I just had to shout out that moment because it made me think of it and I had a lot of appreciation for that and having the language for that as well, because it feels very congruent.
0: Mm -hmm. Ooh, the language, that's such a good point about having the language for something, because if we don't have the language or sometimes like when somebody reflects something back to you and then you're like, oh yeah, maybe that is what, what is happening. You're able to contextualize what you thought was a crazy experience you were having. And it's a reminder of, oh yeah, I'm not alone.
1: Other people have also felt this thing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And that's simultaneously amazing and horrible because you're like I'm not special (laughs) I'm not the only person who's ever gone through this and that's what's like so great about the archetypes I feel like that we talk about constantly is like yeah you're not alone a lot of other people have gone through something very similar to this if not exactly the same and there's like there's a light at the end of the tunnel like there's an ending which is nice it's like nice to know that eventually like you'll hit you'll hit the ground yeah yeah
0: What about you, Michelle?
1: I was gonna say I was like I want to hear somebody else's um SOS <laughs> yeah books and tools. your mental when when yeah. did you have a mental health crisis my okay I've had many mental health crises in my life I think the first big one was probably as I was like getting ready to graduate from college as you know a dancer and being like how the fuck am I gonna make money and like live and be in the world and like what am I supposed to do as a person and then my next one was when I was in my mid-20s and I experienced a lot of like pr- pretty tragic death and yeah many people in my life you know died before their time at around the same time and I was just like whoa what is going on here and and that really like took me from what I'd always been which was a spiritual seeker to like what about past lives and what am I here for and what am I supposed to do and that was around the time I saw my first shaman and when I stopped having seizures but I think my like biggest most lasting and probably like the thing that changed me the most was around the time that I started Holisticism, but before I had the idea for Holisticism and I'd been working in tech and freelancing and on my own, I'd like just broken up with someone I'd been with for a couple of years. So I kind of knew it wasn't a good fit for me, but I was kind of settling for making accommodations for who's a great person, just not my person. And I was living by myself in the studio apartment in Koreatown. And I was like, I just know that there's something that's supposed to come through. And I need to listen. And I need to like, listen and figure out how to make myself as clear as possible. Because I feel like there's something that's supposed to come out of me or that I'm supposed to be communicating with the world. But I just don't know what it is. And like, I don't really want to start a business. I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't really want to like, Do write a book or anything like that. I just want to know, like, why am I here? Like, what is my what's my purpose? And I read four books that really changed and like helped me. The first one was The Intuitive Way, and it's kind of like Janelle, the book that you were talking about. That's kind of like a workbook slash informational book, and it basically walks you through how to connect with your intuition, and it gives you all of these different processes and pathways to doing that and like how intuition can show up. And it was so helpful to me. I remember going through the exercises and um, just there are like inspirational quotes in there. And it's, it's a little bit cheesy, but it's by Penny Pierce, who's an intuitive. And it was just so helpful to like kind of have an encyclopedia of different ways I could connect with my intuition. The next was The Four Agreements, which is a classic for I think like self-help book or yeah. guidance book for mm-hmm. anyone even if you're not a spiritual person because kind of like your experience with the Anthony Robbins book Janelle it was one wow. of those books that I could you know you read in like an hour and a half but you're like whoa yeah like it just click it like locks in it locked in a lot of what I already personally believed but put words and language to like my perspective and kind of helped me like have a, an operating system for a little while of like, right, I've got to be impeccable with my word. Like, yeah, of course. I of course I want to have integrity already, but like being impeccable with your word just landed different differently with me in a really helpful way. And the last one was Sacred Contracts by Carolyn Miss. That book legit changed my life because I kept getting into these like really toxic relationships. Like I kept replicating toxic relationships and they would push me to the point of like really gaslighting my own intuition. And this book by Carolyn Miss helped me like get out of that pattern and understand that why I was creating that pattern. I felt like I'd read so many relationship books and really tried to get that part of myself. But It explained it to me in a totally different way, without making anyone the bad guy or without making me feel bad, and just like bless up to Carolyn Miss, who I feel like is the spiritual like baddie aunt who kind of like yells at you but like gives you you know like your medicine in a way that you're like okay I'm gonna listen to her because she's like a little scary. Um, So those are the three books I think that like made the biggest impact on me. And during this time, the like practices that I had, I were actually like very physical. The first was I, I would give myself a tea ceremony in the morning. So I'd wake up and have you guys ever done a tea ceremony?
0: Not for myself. Yeah.
1: Okay. So it's cool. I so recommend if you can ever get into a tea, like a tea ceremony with someone who is a master tea person, it's really a really cool experience, but basically you sit in silence and they pour you multiple rounds of tea and you all drink the tea together in silence. And, the tea sort of like it's as it steeps it gets stronger the flavor changes and it's just cool it's a ritual and you can do it for yourself so i would pour myself these rounds of tea and i would like try to feel into and sense and you know like just make a moment of of silence for myself in the morning for 30 minutes and sometimes i felt like absolutely ridiculous sitting on the floor in my you know tiny little apartment like making tea for myself out of the tiny little teapot but it really grounded me in a really beautiful way. And the other thing that I was doing a lot at this time of my life was getting really into herbs, like adaptogens. And there were I felt like kind of like getting to know them opened up this part of me, like this this physical, intuitive, but also like actually changed the way that my brain worked and helped me see things in a different way. And also gave me like some sense semblance of not control, but like mm choice. So like knowing what how rhodiola impacted me or like taking Eleuthero to help like protect my spiritual body or ashwagandha or macunapurriens, macuna which is a, like the dopamine bean. Even like microdosing with mushrooms at this time was really a cool thing that I liked practicing, not because I wanted to get high, but just because I was like, what, what will come through when I'm in this like different state? Like, what do I have access to that maybe I just need this like slight shift. And then the final thing that I was doing was taking a ton of box flower essences. I have so many in my library and kind of like making, like making a practice for myself and getting to know them. I think it really helped me like be more conscientious about what I wanted out of my days. Like even like picking herbs, right? I was like, why, what do I want to feel like? Like, what do I need today? What superpowers do I need? And like, how am I feeling? Am I feeling like bright and excited? Am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling stuck? Like, and kind of just honoring where I was and even clocking it, I think made a really big difference in helping me get unstuck. And it was during this whole time, like during these practices that the name holisticism just dropped down (laughs) into, into my brain, like during a tea ceremony and, um, things just started to like come together and the synchronicities kept synchronicity, you know? So that was kind of like, yeah, it was a really like special time, and my morning start, my my morning routine was very long, um, you know, probably like an hour and a half long in the morning. But I really think that like I go back to those things often when I just need a little like oh reminder, um, or like little booster of support. So nice, and like oh, I'm I'm gonna make space
2: for a tea ceremony tomorrow yeah. morning. That sounds amazing.
1: It's. Such a special, if you can ever get in with someone who pours tea, like it's such a special experience, especially mm. we should actually go. Let's go as a we'll go as a team. I
0: would love to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the
1: intentional
0: herb picking and choosing your own little chemist. Yeah. and then you enter like a dialogue with yourself immediately of kind of cutting through to like what's weighing on me.
1: Yes, or, or exactly. what if I,
0: yeah, it's like this very nourishing practice that's really nice.
1: Mm -hmm. As opposed to being like on autopilot or sort of like turning over to someone else and being like, I don't know, just like give me what I need to like feel good, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's great to like go to an herbalist who knows what they're doing, but it's really cool to kind of experiment with yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, safely uh, figure out what works for you. But Mm -hmm. that'd be my, yeah, I think herbs honestly would be like another number one thing in my spiritual survival kit.
0: That makes a lot of sense because they're kind of acting on you on all of the bodies. Yeah, Uh, the the five bodies, right? Yes, five bodies, exactly.
1: What's in your kit, Wallace?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about what you were saying of being in this moment where you're like, I know something needs to come through, so I just need to make space for it. I feel like that was almost my awakening at the end of two years of very hard things that happened from external forces that I thought um, I had caused on my own,
1: hmm.
0: which not to say it didn't play a role. I totally played a role.
1: You're like, I'm so powerful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> over here. Um, yeah, no, my, my V my working visa to the US was denied. And I had like a really terrible abortion a few months earlier, and then my long-term partner and I breaking up happened all within two years. And I think within those two years and still a little bit after, actually pretty much when I started to work with you guys and you, Michelle, I was very much in a state of, oh, what have I done wrong to cause these things? What am I doing here that is, yeah, thinking I'm that powerful <laughs> to make all of these things happen? And again, not to say it didn't play a part, but I was very down on myself for a long time, feeling like, oh, I'm not doing the spiritual path right because I've Caused all of these very traumatic situations for me, even though I thought I was like quote unquote doing doing it right, like mm-hmm. whatever. Pa- that I'm passing
1: means. the test. I'm not passing the tests because yes. I keep getting these bad things that are happening to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I had moved out of my partner's place essentially two years ago, November. And I went back to Toronto and my family, I think, was very worried about me. And they were like, you maybe should just like stay home and we'll hug you and, <laughs> and you shouldn't go back to L.A. And I was like, no, I have to go back. I have to make a new life. I've, <laughs> I've got to go. But I remember at that time, there was a few things and books specifically and teachers that I came back to that helped me remember that sometimes as Pema Chodron says, things fall apart. And that doesn't mean it's your fault. And so that book is canon for me. And such a good one to go back to when you feel like you're like, I thought I was doing all the things. Why is it all crumbling? That book I constantly go back to, Um, as well as radical acceptance, I think. Mm. that book by Tara Brock is one of the books that I've gifted the most that people have said has had like the biggest impact on them. Um, And there's at the beginning of the book, um, I think it's in the book. It might be in one of Tara's talks that she talks about this woman talking to her daughter on her deathbed saying all my life, I thought there was, <laughs> I feel like I could cry. Mm. It's so sweet. Yeah, She says all my life, I thought there was something wrong with me. Mm. And she's like, I spent so much of my life thinking I need to f- fix everything. I needed to constantly fix myself. And I wish I had spent more of my life just enjoying myself and living in my body. And she's like telling this story to her daughter. And I just think like so many people can resonate with walking around with this feeling like something's wrong with me. Oh my God. And that's yep. the theme of the book. And Tara talks about it so much. And I I just get emotional because I know like so many people that I've gifted the book to or that have read it or found it or know her teachings. I feel like that was an aha moment for them. And it was for me too, in that period of my life where I was like, wait, me having this relationship with myself is not going to like, quote unquote, fix anything that is happening. Things will fall apart and that's life, of course. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was kind of this growth spurt for me of just dealing with hard shit and being okay with it and not getting down on myself as if it was my fault um, and making it about me because I thought I had some control over the situation, which to a lesser or stronger degree I did or didn't. And especially that story just has stuck with me so much when I'm in the like, go, 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 fix, 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 do mode.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And for the the things that, especially during that time for me, it was about getting into my body and out of my head. And that's always when I, like, I know I need to go for a walk or a run. Like a sweat for me is an immediate one-to-one mm. antidepressant. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so in that, yeah, in that time I started to take physical activity more seriously for my mental health. Mm -hmm. And that was always much more of a motivator for me truly as a mental health bomb. I like really have to prioritize physical activity and like exertion because it's where I really stress. And I had always known that about myself, but I think, you know, when you're always in different activities where it's structured, like you're taking dance at school or you're in a lot of sports or you're in environments where it's built in and then just realizing like, Oh, this is all going to be up to me for the rest of my life to build it in and make it a priority. And no one will ever do that for me. And if I don't have strong boundaries around that, like I'm not going to help anyone else in my life by putting other things before that.
2: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Physical activity and radical acceptance sounds so cheesy, But that book is
1: all of Tara Brock's talks. Her podcast is prolific. I think they post something like every day. That's incredible. She's so good. And she's so funny and relatable and like cool. And she's so good. She's like if you don't if you can't go to therapy like maybe go listen to her yeah. rock. You know, seriously. My
0: favorite <laughs> thing is that she has probably 15 of the same jokes she repeats all the time. <laughs> I so I, I know that. all the I know all the jokes. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh. But she, yeah, she's pretty incredible. Yeah. I think it was also not that I hadn't experienced such i guess like hard things emotionally before but i think i hadn't experienced such successive change that made me feel destabilized mm-hmm. like it was like oh i'm i can't like s- i built this life in this country that could like totally change within the span of one week and i'd have to mm-hmm. leave to like a relationship destabilizing to like your body mm-hmm. it was on all of these different planes at one time
1: yeah I feel like all all of those things you just mentioned too are like what often trigger someone's spiritual awakening because mm-hmm. yeah their body like they get sick or yeah you go through a horrible breakup or something out of your control you're like you're destabilized in your home for whatever mm-hmm. reason and you had all three happen at the same time like yeah. basically you know yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, it, it was a very intense period.
1: It's also like when things have been going so well for you, because like mm-hmm. you loved your job, and yeah, you know, like to have that taken from you, where you are mm-hmm. like, but things—it's not like things were bad, and now they like, so it made sense they fell apart. It was like, no, things were going well. <laughs> I liked <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> this is true, but and always again sounds cliche, but I would
1: never take any of that back.
2: Yeah, it's, it's part of the journey.
1: Yeah that's so common though what you're talking about which we've talked about on the podcast i feel like a million times but that heaven's reward fallacy thinking of like oh yeah good things happen to good people bad things Mm -hmm. happen to bad people i must have caused this because bad things are happening happening to me now so i'm not whatever passing my spiritual tests or i'm not being a good enough person or i'm not on the right path because things keep getting fucked up and Mm -hmm. that is such a hard lesson to learn like you can know it intellectually but like you really have to under your body has to like and understand it and so much of religion is i mean it's heaven's reward fallacy like so much of christianity is based on you know old old testament god which is like i will punish you (laughs) for Mm -hmm. being a piece of shit you know Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think that
2: is, maybe I don't, this is me getting into a talk about religion, so I won't go deep down the rabbit hole, but you do make a good point, because I think that's where the danger of, I really, I love religion, I respect religion, and when I say religion, I mean like all across the board, because I think it is a, it's a, there are pathways to connecting to The eternal God, Mm -hmm. you know, the all universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I think foundationally, you know, I wouldn't be where I am with my spiritual journey had I not had my experience as a Christian. I don't identify as a Christian, but I think that's just because to kind of associate myself with that culture it feels almost counterintuitive to what I've learned through Christianity, which is that God is everywhere and, and all, and um, there is no one way or thing shows up. Uh, And so, yeah, it is, it is very, that's the slippery slope. I feel like of religion um, is that it could both free you and trap you at the same time, um, depending on how closely you uh, follow the, the scriptures, I guess, or how, how, how much you interpret it, how closely you try to interpret it.
1: Yeah. And so much new age spirituality is just like repackaged Christianity in a way, right? Like, same moralism or, you know, like even puritanical <laughs> misogynistic um, beliefs, just like with crystals. And yes, yes. It's, a, it's okay if that is a, a path, a step on the path, I think. I mean, that's okay, period. Right. It's not my path, but like, it's hard to undo that mindset. It takes time. Yeah, it
0: does. And I think to what you were saying earlier, Janelle, about randomness and not taking everything with meaning and about the heaven's reward fallacy, like I have been so lucky in my life in so Mm -hmm. many ways. And I don't like take that for granted, even if I don't always necessarily say that or talk about it, but also luck is random, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes people are really l- unlucky super randomly too. Okay. And just remembering that and not making too much meaning of either things. Because I definitely have felt in the past people have said, oh, well, you're just lucky to me about things where I'm like, oh, I actually worked really hard at that, but I just mm-hmm. didn't necessarily show it. Mm-hmm. Whereas other things... I've been extremely lucky in where I'm like, no, I didn't do anything for that. Like that was, that was truly just random. And I think it's the same thing for bad luck. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it's an interesting kind of puzzle too, of thinking back to where have I made meaning out of something that was lucky or unlucky, that there was no meaning it was random. And that's part of the randomness of the universe Or where was it that I think I had something to do with like the good or bad, you know, quote unquote
1: luck? Yeah, that's such a good point. And like, we want an answer. I Mm -hmm. remember when I was going through Jewish conversion classes, one of the biggest, you know, the biggest modules are around like life and death, you know, um, (laughs) casual stuff. And the rabbi, our teacher was like, you know, bad things happen. And when people ask me, like, why did my child get cancer or Mm -hmm. why is this, why are we going bankrupt or why did this happen to us? Like, I can't tell them it's God's plan. I don't believe it's God's plan. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think, I don't know why it happened. And I don't have something like soothing to tell you. It just Mm -hmm. happened because sometimes, yeah, really wonderful people get unlucky and really terrible people get very lucky. And Mm -hmm. that's just... How it is, and it's not like God is punishing you, but like yeah. I can't explain it to you, and I know that's not satisfying. And I was like, "Damn, Rabbi, that's that's cool that you can admit that." You know, yeah. I'm like, okay, I trust true, you, true. I trust you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> some light stuff. <laughs> Is there anything that you guys are using right now that you're like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. Um, I've been liking this. I, I will add that Michelle, the alchemist deck that you gifted us, which is so, so kind, good, um, has been absolutely a staple in my toolkit. It's been a really amazing um, tool for perspective, for just like creativity.
1: I don't know. All the things. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, one one good deck will really get you far, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: For me, I think I've learned to sometimes the best sort of operating system is distraction, but not distraction for <laughs> distraction's sake, yeah. distraction to have fun and enjoy yourself and My enjoyment lately has been cleaning and organizing. Um, I'm also taking on a really, really big project uh, in my room because I'm completely, I'm building new furniture and completely changing everything over. And so there's work that I do every day towards that. And that has Mm. been really grounding. It's kept me present. It's also really exciting. And just to know that I have that to look forward to. But yeah, that for me is distraction and activity, like um, projects is my sort of SOS. yeah like
1: not being so navel gaze gazing about it all you know or self-obsessed just being yeah. like all right I'm gonna like do some other things I don't need to like self-improve 24 exactly
2: seconds. exactly <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna let things happen but if I cry while I'm sawing, yeah. you know, it, that's, no, that's what's, it's therapy.
1: If you do, will you take a video of that? Because I would, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not to make fun of you, but I would love that. I just think that would be very endearing. I will happily do it over. I,
0: I also like imagining that you would be able to get your phone out and hit record while
2: you're crying <laughs>
1: Like crying and crying simultaneously. <laughs> Can you just pause and make some content. <laughs> don't do this at home, kids. Side note: Don't you always think that when you see people trying on tic- like crying on oh, TikTok? Yes, and they're 100%. like they're like crying and like chopping something or like doing whatever. And I'm like, you set up that camera oh, like you are, are an actress.
0: <laughs> well, that your home home improvement project reminds me of. I think it was from that book. 101 essays that will change the way you think. Mm-hmm. So from that book written by Brianna West, she says if you want to let something go, build something new. Mm. And I really that's really stuck with me because I think so often you do need to shift your energy and and focus into just like channeling it in a different way because ruminating on it is not going to get you anywhere probably mm-hmm. if, other than further into the spiral Yeah. so mm-hmm. I really I think what you're doing by starting a new project especially something that's like physical and like mm-hmm. engages your senses is a great way to go about that
1: mm-hmm. key yeah lots necessary. Of fun. necessary lots of fun I feel like I'm about to go through like a really well I have already gone through this big change by the time <laughs> this podcast is happening <laughs> I feel like I'm at, I'm like in athletic ready stance, you know, like Mm -hmm. my knees are bent. I'm like prepared to like go in any direction depending on like how things go and how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I've been really surprised throughout being pregnant at how little I've asked questions of like my spiritual team and, you know, the Akashic Mm -hmm. records and like asked for answers. I feel like so much of my life I was asking for like confirmation Mm -hmm. that I was on the right path or that I was doing the right thing or that I could do it, you know, like needing that affirmation. And I just feel really like I I got this, you know, at Mm -hmm. this point in my life right now. And I almost don't want to like complicate or clutter (laughs) in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just kind of want to like, take care of myself and my body and i think maybe that's what i've been doing the most is like taking care of this like physical body as much as i can and and actually being like kind to it because for most of my life it's been the opposite and it really is so cheesy but you you take it your whole form takes on like this different meaning when there's precious cargo so Mm -hmm. yeah i guess that's that's like what i celery juice (laughs) 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 <laughs> <There you go. laughs> and <There>
0: <laughs> never forget.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will say also physical space has gotten way more important to me over the last couple years mm-hmm. and like making sure that my space is clear and cleanse kind of like what you're talking about Janelle like it seems to make a much bigger impact on me than it used to so like really taking the time to design out my space and clean it every day and clear mm-hmm. clear my energy It's almost like a. I don't even think about it because it's just part of what I have to do in order to feel good, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Oof, I resonate with that deeply. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks, guys. That's fun. I love when we have a a team episode.
0: You know, thanks for listening and tuning in. We always love if you can share the podcast with friends. It really helps us get discovered and show up in people's feeds. Who. Need a little spiritual hug. And we love it if you also subscribe and give us five stars, five stars only on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>
1: um that also you don't helps accept us Nothing in- else. <laughs> we we're happy to accept feedback. You can just email <laughs> yes, it to us. You know? <laughs> yes. We and love your feedback.
0: <laughs> we truly love it and appreciate it. It's yeah. because this is for you. And we will be back over the next month with many more juicy episodes. And we also have a 12th House Plus episode coming out at the end of the month in January. So look out for that. And the 12th House Plus is our little green room, as Janelle described it the other day, our backstage pass. It's a little intimate. It's like conversations like this, but even deeper on anything and everything you guys ask us to talk about and what we're thinking about. And we would love to have you join us in there. Thanks for listening. Hi, Thank you. See ya. The Twelfth Eyes is produced by yours truly, Wallace Miller Blanchard. Our theme music is made by Nathan McKay, and our wonderful editing is done by Softer Sound Studios, who you can find more information about in our show notes.